And we are live here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. What's up, guys? Nick Scripp on the P2W Fantasy Podcast, plugging away in the, the fantasy offseason. I'm excited about this show today because it's been a hell of an NFL week. We got some stuff to talk about, and I have two great guests with me today. And I appreciate these guys because last night, just randomly, I'm like, man, I, I, I need... I need a co-host because I was thinking about doing a solo pod. I was supposed to have my brother. He couldn't do it. And uh, both of these guys just raised their hand, and I had to smash the uh, the accept button there. So let me uh, introduce both guys on the show here today before we talk about anything football-related. So we'll start off uh, things here with Abe. So, Abe, I had the pleasure of being on your show, uh, the DFS Docket. You're also a member of the Undroppables, which I respect that team immensely always have so i'm glad that you became a part of that team but you plug away often with your show uh being a part of it before very impressed with the way you conduct yourself as a host so i'm happy to have you on my show today as a guest so let everybody know where to find you on social media especially if they are just listening to this in their car later and uh talk about what you got going on man for sure. Well, first off, I appreciate you having me on. Most people, I, I try and put myself out there and say, hey, I'll come on all these shows. And then most people just ignore me. So like Matthew Berry and all those guys, I tell them all the time, I'll, I'll hop on. Unbelievable. They, they tell me to you know, go to hell. So I appreciate you big time over here, Nick, P2W. I appreciate you uh, you, you accepting my request to come on. Uh, you can find my show, The DFS Docket. I'm super excited. I recently just joined the Undroppables Network. It's it's unbelievable how how much stuff they're doing over there. So I'm incredibly excited to be a part of their group. I'll be running the uh, DFS docket out of there, continuing to do what I do to, between interviews. Not not as good of interviews as this guy below me. I mean, that guy's been like a rock star with interviews. I don't even know how he gets the people that he gets. Uh, I'll do a step below him. I'll get like guys, and that's okay. Hey. That's all. I, I like talking to people. So uh, continuing with, with interviews and fantasy football i'll be running the redraft stuff some dfs stuff and i'm super excited and i appreciate you having me on tonight absolutely appreciate your time awesome stuff to look forward to uh check out abe if you guys are not following him already also in the show here david david's been one of my like og friends here in the space uh great guy we had the pleasure of uh, actually meeting in person at the expo last year uh we've collaborated a bunch in the past before but co-founder of the triple play fantasy team which i again respect a ton uh, what you guys got going on over there i want to give your team a shout out too because um i've had different members outside of like you and, and jacob and kevin and eric on the show before and every time somebody from triple play is on my show they do a great job they come prepared and and they're very knowledgeable so i really respect what you guys got going on over there uh your team is part of the fantasy points media group as well uh not just football you guys talk basketball, baseball, other topics. You also write for Fantasy Pros, the 33rd team, and Fantrack. So, D. Mendy, where can we find you, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show and uh, talk about what you got going on. Nick, man, you know you're like my brother from another, man. So, it's always a pleasure hopping on with you, my friend. And, yeah, man, uh, pretty much like you said it, all my writings across those three sites, 33rd team and Fantrax and Fantasy Points, and then all my – video content podcasting stuff's usually always through triple play and we just love making stuff man like you know your content both you guys content creators great content creators great hosts and that's what i like doing i just like making content interviewing guys and this is kind of like our our break away from our our real lives our real responsibilities this is doing something that we love and i would not be happier doing it with you tonight this is a good group and uh i love always everything p2w does like I mean, you got you talk about baseball, basketball, football. 
you do the same thing, but you pretty much do it almost all entirely. I know your brother helps you out some, but you do so much yourself, which is what I always respect about you because you're, you're kind of doing the work of like 20 guys. So I always, I, I tell you that you're, you are probably the guy I think that works the hardest in this industry over anybody else. And it's not just because I know you from the longest that I said that, but uh, truly always uh, pumped to always come and join you on his show, man. Absolutely. Appreciate the words uh, greatly, man. It means a lot to me. Um, excited for the show tonight. It's going to be a good one. Uh, before we jump into the show, I do want to say this this podcast, along with Triple Play, is partnered up with the Fantasy Points Media Group, fantasypoints.com. It's the one-stop shop for all of your fantasy needs. If I'm looking for articles, rankings, projections, you name it, it's all on fantasypoints.com. Promo code P2W22. Go check that out. So what we got going on today, NFL news topics. We're going to talk about some uh, pre-free agency, dynasty, trade targets as well. Stick with us on the show here. all right all right if you are joining us and you want to be a part of the show you can comment but you have to do it on youtube unfortunately because we still can't see the the comments here on twitter hopefully that gets fixed but NFL news been a crazy week. I only grabbed a couple topics. We had a bunch of different uh, things happen this week. We had guys getting tagged. Um, we had some trades going on, but I, I selected two big ones to talk about. And I first want to talk about the the Calvin Ridley suspension. I think that you know a lot of us have talked about it enough already. It seems like, but I like to hear different opinions on it. It's a guy that I personally am kind of kicking myself in the ass a little bit because I was promoting him all off season. It's a big buy. And obviously you don't see these things coming, but uh, Calvin Ridley spended one year for betting related to the NFL. So the NFL came out and said they found him betting. He's going to be suspended at least a year. Here's a series of tweets. And then I'll ask about your guys' opinions here uh, from Calvin Ridley. And it goes in this order. Football is life. Laughing emoji. I learned from my L's. I bet 1500. I don't have a gambling problem. I couldn't even watch football at that point. Just going to be more healthy when I get back. I know I was wrong, but I'm getting one year. LOL. If you know me, you know my character. So a series of Ridley tweets after this happened. Uh, David, what, what's your thoughts on anything related to the, the Calvin Ridley suspension? I mean, he broke sleeper. Like that news. Oh, man. When I, when I, yeah, like when I saw that come out, I had to like double check my phone. I was like, like what is going on? It's pretty wild when you think about it, but my hunch is he's the first one that got caught. This wasn't the first time this has been happening. It you, I think it was, I forgot, it was uh, Hard Rock or something that reported that they, he had made the bet, something like that. So that's the first and foremost. But I think as far as the full year suspension, I think it was needed. And uh, you, you kind of hear things. I was on a call with the 33rd team today. And they have some coaches past and present that come on and they just are speaking from their from what their point of view is. And they said, this is something that you emphasize in the locker room from day one. And they said, if this wasn't set in place right away, this harsh type of punishment, you're going to potentially have players affect the integrity of the league. So they had to go overboard 
to make sure that this stuff and stuff does not happen again. It had to be uh, swift and it had to be harsh. There wasn't any time where they were kind of debating on what was going to happen. So, uh, you know, people might bring up the domestic violence thing, and that needs to 100% be equal to what this is. They should both be year-long suspensions. But this was definitely the right call as far as the length. And I think the scary part about Calvin Ridley now is he's going to be 29 when he next time he potentially takes the field. He's not going to have played in almost two seasons. And you got to wonder what it's going to be like when he does come back out there, because that's going to be something that's going to be scary for anybody that owns him in a dynasty league is what's going to happen when he does eventually go back on the field. And we do have some comments in the the chat. My, my buddy here, uh, fantasy good sports. He said he will never be an alpha wide receiver again because of the time off the field, solid number two rest of career. So there definitely is a lot of opinions on, What's it going to look like when he comes back, which comes into the fantasy play, of course, which we can talk about in a second. But I want to shift over to Abe. Abe, uh, same wave as Dave, a little bit uh, different. What do you think about this uh, this Calvin Ridley suspension? Everyone talks about when he comes back. I think it's if he comes back. And I don't think it's up to him. We talk about it's it's one year. Right now it's an indefinite with a minimum of, of one year. I, I mean, we're all baseball fans. What? How long of a suspension is Pete Rose serving? For for really doing the same thing, you can't bet on sports that you that you have a say in, right? That's in the business world. That's called insider trading. People go to prison for doing things like that. In football, it's not called insider trading, but it's really the, really the same thing. And he's like he says, "I oh, it's only fifteen hundred dollars. I don't have a have a gambling problem." I don't think anyone's saying you have a gambling problem. I don't think that's that's the issue at hand here. You could have bet five dollars, yeah. but once you put any dollar amount on a game that you have an actual say in changes everything one year to me isn't enough for him and i know there's all these people saying out there that ray rice got six games greg hardy only got a couple games the two have zero to do with each other like the way the nfl handles its domestic domestic violence uh rules and regulations josh gordon never gets to play because the dude just can't smoke can't stop smoking weed has zero to do with this calvin ridley situation and people need to stop comparing the two of them it's absolutely ridiculous. i feel like Stephen a it's ridiculous it's preposterous but at the end of the day calvin Ridley can't be betting on football and you know this whole mental health thing i'm not going to say that it's it's the reason why but the two of these things coming out at the same time is such a big red flag where if if news came out that he was in with the bookie somewhere and they told him, hey, your team better lose the next six games. And he goes, you know what? Instead of I can't be on the field and trying to lose, I'm just going to I'm just going to back out. And and in today's day and age, I'm going to play the mental health card and everyone's going to be on my side right now and not saying not asking all oh, injuries and things like that. I might be very off base here, but it's it's too many coincidences and red flags just just facing each other head on. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely um, something to think about when it comes to everything piling up and what that means long term. And and it is the thinker when you bring up the the different things that have popped up for him. And it's 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 unfortunate for a guy like him to have one thing that takes him out of football lead to another one. Maybe they're tied. Maybe they're not tied at all. Uh, I like the points about how like we, maybe we shouldn't compare certain things. I do agree that the NFL kind of, kind of has bitten itself in the past because they haven't really dealt with certain things the way that they should have. 
But at the end of the day, like trying to enforce rules, they're they're doing it here with Ridley. Um, you know, I, I think about playing college college soccer and a big thing was like making sure that you abided by the NCAA rules. And like, sometimes the rule meant you can't, I don't know, you can't go out and, and, and do drugs or the rule was as small as, Hey, you can't accept any dollar amounts from outside organizations for your, uh, uh, participation in sport amateurism. So there's a, a wide range of things, but if you break things at the end of the day, then it, it is what it is. I, I've had this really push and pull about, Hey, they're not really doing good with these things, but at the same time, like if they say you can't wear neon shoes to games and you do it, then you broke the rule. But uh, you don't need my, to like the rules; you just need to yeah. play by them. Like yeah. I would love to have five down, but I only get four. It, what's you know what's what's the difference? My so so my my question, kind of capping this whole thing off. You know, I, I, I play in dynasty leagues. I'm talking a lot of dynasty leagues on uh, this podcast here. A lot of people are wanting, you know, what do I do? It's it's not the people saying, hey, should I go get him? Give me advice. It's really not those people we want to aim for. It's the people that have Kelvin Ridley on their team right now. And they're starting to get some people knocking on the door saying, here's a random fifth. And here's this guy that's going to retire next year. I mean, there's a lot of push and pull with that. So what is your suggestion to people that roster him in Dynasty? We'll, we'll go back to uh, to David. I mean, honestly, at this point, his value is obviously going to be the lowest it can be. There's no way it's going to get any lower. You just got to make sure you're not selling him for just complete trash. Like I understand this is this is a sell low. Like I mean, this is a pretty much a selling point for him because you don't know when you're going to get him or when you're going to get him back on the field. So if personally, any type of dynasty league that I have him in, I'm holding him because I'm not. People are right now going to throw the scraps, right? But then we hear, you know, he still has an appeal. So then tomorrow, yeah. they could, he could have an appeal and it's reduced to eight games or something like that. And then all of a sudden you sold him for trash and you shouldn't have. So if I have him, I'm holding him. I'm going to wait it out till kind of like things kind of settle down a little bit. And then I might look to move him if I find an offer I like, but if you have him, you can't panic to where you're just giving him up for the first offer that's sent your way. You got to wait to just make sure how things play out and let things kind of settle down. Cause we know, Everybody loves to overreact and they love to jump on the people Boys. that overreact what? around the time. People <laughs> what? <laughs> it's crazy, right? The crazy. Twitter world. Especially yeah, the Twitter world. Uh, a, a same page, or do you think differently uh, here for. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with Mendy on 100% here, actually, where if you have him, you have to hold him unless you get an offer that blows you out of the water, which is just dumb at this point. Uh, but if you, if you get that offer, take it. If you get a, a player that is startable, take it. Anything else in that hold because like Mendy said, his value has never been lower probably never will be any lower unless he flat out retires and turns into Pat McAfee and gets a DraftKings deal. Can you, dude, can you imagine he gets some sort of oh, like man. DraftKings deal like that instead? Unreal. That'd be something else. That'd be something else for sure. Yeah. Unless, I mean, I think the, the benefit to your team that if something crazy happens in the sense of him, you know, getting his, his, uh, his, his suspension, um, right now, uh, lessened, you know, that, that benefit of still having him versus taking two thirds or something that's not going to help your, your team now or later, I think is just worth the, the hold right now. I think we're all on the same page for that. Uh, it's interesting because I'm sure he's not the only guy in the league who did what he did, but knowing, that he's a bigger name guy and him getting caught 
he's going to be an example now of uh, mm-hmm. uh, of something that the NFL is definitely put, putting their foot down. But I'm with the the hold stance, hold stance. Unless it's going to change your dynasty team, then just hold. Uh, you, you didn't have him for most of last season anyways, so it's not like you were just completely banking on him unless you – Waited super long in a startup, and and you know he was your wide receiver too, or something like that. Uh, mo- moving on, massive deal between the Seahawks and the Broncos. This, this, if the Ridley news broke sleeper, I don't know what this did to sleeper because this was huge. The Seahawks in a trade received QB Drew Lock, tight end Noah Fant, defensive line Shelby Harris, two first round picks, two second round picks, and a fifth round pick. Denver on the flip side. Got their quarterback, Russell Wilson, and a fourth. So this was huge news. And, of course, us talking uh, primarily about fantasy on this podcast, we have to ask, who gets the biggest bump, either team, for fantasy? Abe, what, what, what are you thinking on this? I mean, you, you have to think the Broncos. <laughs> I mean, Seattle, Seattle just is giving up at this point. I mean, who's throwing the ball to DK? Who's throwing the ball to Tyler Lockett? Chris Carson, we still don't know what he's going to do. So it ha- it has to be Denver and those receivers. You have to absolutely love them now. But I, I do want to bring up one guy that is getting so much love right now, and I just don't understand it, and that's Albert Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because... <laughs> Everyone talks about, oh, he's going to get all the opportunity now. Noah Fant isn't there anymore. And now they have a great quarterback in Russell Wilson. And all those things are 100% factual. But when is the last time Russell Wilson gave us a top 12 fantasy tight end? Like Jimmy Graham back in the day? So because, and Jimmy Graham at that point was a top level elite tight end. So unless you think Albert Abalabalabi is going to be that guy, like, why, why are you paying up for that dude? Nah, get, get him out of my life. I'm done with him. All right. All right. That's, that's a good call right there, too, because he it seems like, obviously, everybody's talking about the the rising stock, you know, emoji, and he's been a big name. So I, I like that. I like that firm stance there. But I'm going to uh, shift down to Mendy. Same same question. Who gets the biggest fantasy bump here uh, in this deal? Uh, it's, like, it's like Abe just kind of put that on a silver platter for me. To to uh to serve this up here, I, I think Albert Uh-oh. O is is oh. the biggest winner from this. What's his real last <laughs> I'm just gonna. What's his real last I'm, name? Say it. Ogu Say it. A. It's Ogu A. Bunam. Actually, yeah, okay. I made Something, sure I put that you out. You guys so said it very good. differently, so we're gonna have to decipher what was right. Um, but I'll. There's a couple reasons I think that he's gonna be the biggest winner. I, obviously, you know Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sun. They're gonna be winners, but Albert. Ogue Bunam is now the number one tight end in Denver. And I want to credit Jacob Sanderson on Twitter who put this out. He was the tight end three in target rate across his 32% of routes. And he's obviously going to run a lot more routes this coming season. He caught 33 of 40 targets last year for 330 yards and two touchdowns. And you talked about how Russell Wilson obviously doesn't use his tight ends. But we saw it a little bit more this season, especially when he came back from his injury, because Gerald Everett, from weeks 12 through 16, he was the tight end seven over that stretch and had career highs of 47 catches, 458 yards, and four touchdowns last year. So I do think, keep in mind, Russell Wilson hasn't had great tight ends. He's had like, well, Will Disley, uh, the back nine, Jimmy Graham, uh, I mean, Jacob Hollister. He hasn't had, I mean, Greg Olson at that point too wasn't. The like, end of his career, yeah. No, yeah. no I, I wasn't suggesting him being a top level player. I was suggesting, oh. <laughs> he said like, 
bottom bottom trash type of Greg Olson, who I love, but he yeah. wasn't Greg Olson when he was Greg Olson there. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are going to be the top two targets in this offense. But if assuming that the Broncos don't draft the tight end, and, and you know maybe they surprise us and they go get you know like a. Uh, one of the, the top tight ends in this draft, you know, I, I don't know if they'll go and, and they're not going to get like a, uh, you know, a Trey McBride, but they might go ahead and they might get uh Jalen Weidermeyer or they might go ahead and get, you know, uh, one of those guys that kind of the, the third or fourth tight ends in this class, like, you know, the Isaiah likely out of coastal Carolina, these guys, like, yeah, if those guys come in, then I might be a little bit more worried, but if they don't draft to spend, you know, a top four round pick on a tight end, then I got to think that, He's, I mean, at the worst, maybe he's a, a tight end eight to 12, which if you can kind of get him towards the end of your draft, like if you punt the tight end position, I don't see the problem with it. I don't think many people have him as a tight end one outside of them just like messing around and just joking, but he's somebody that's going to, if you punt the position, you're going to be able to grab him at the end of your drafts and feel probably fine about it. Can I give one more name of a guy that I think is going to stand out? Absolutely, absolutely. And then I want to, and then I'll shift into uh, my questions here. I'm going to put you guys on the spot. So I think there's one guy that's going to, Tyler Lockett was great with Russ, right? I mean, great overall, like over the season, had a great season, although, you know, his games came came in waves. Mm -hmm. Uh, How about KJ Hamler coming off the ACL injury? I know it's worse than just ACL, so he might need some rehab time. Everyone's in on Sutton and Judy, but I think KJ Hamler runs that Tyler Lockett, like, deep routes and Russell Wilson has one of the prettiest deep balls and he played in that thin air instead of the ball going 60 it's going to go about 70 75 I mean to KJ Hamler just running that nine goal route I, I like I like Hamler a lot I and I wonder I wonder if they build a connection later if that's going to take away from Sutton because I think that Sutton profiles is a guy that can take the top off and go deep Whereas Judy is going to be all over the field, so if Hamler takes off, I think I think his his hurt is going to be on Sutton. And uh, I mean, my my guy for this, you guys mentioned the two wide receivers, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the tight end after this. But <clears throat> I do want to say Jerry Judy. I'm a, been a massive Judy fan. I, I've been one of the guys that has has stuck with him, and everybody always says, you know, like what's what has he done in the NFL to prove anything? And you know, we've had these small, small glimpses of what I think Jerry Judy can be. And he's a guy that I think is going to be highly targeted for one. We saw it this year, but it was it was very much a different schemed offense than we probably wanted it to be for Jerry Judy. He had the the injuries as well. His rookie season, he had 140 and 125 yard receiving day. Like that was a little glimpse of it, but profiling is a guy that Again, we all we all know elite route runner gets open very well, ball in his hand, can make plays. I am so excited to see him with the quarterback because you know we can point the finger at Jerry Judy not being healthy and not showing us much, but we can also point the finger at at having Drew Locke year one with the worst bad throw percentage in the league. And then Teddy Bridgewater, who at times was not really throwing the ball a ton because they had two running backs pounding the rock. So I I am so excited about Jerry Judy because a lot of people were out. And during that time of people being out for Dynasty, that was your buying window. And I was on a mm-hmm. podcast mid-January, and I said, now is the time because the minute anybody, Aber, David, or Nick, is the new quarterback, then people are going to start looking at Jerry Judy. So uh, I'm I'm all in on him. But I do want to go back to the tight end because you both brought him up. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a this or that, no explanation. 
dynasty tight ends right now on the spot. It's going to be a fun show today because uh, we had a <laughs> small show sheet and I'm going to spice things up here. But uh, Albert, oh, so we'll just go, in, in, we'll go Abe to, to David. Who would you prefer now in dynasty? Albert O or Irv Smith Jr.? Oh, Borf. Um, give me Albert O only because I don't know if, what who Irv Smith's quarterback is going to be the next four years. All right, David. I'm Irv Smith. I think Albert O could be relevant this year. I don't think he's the long-term answer in Denver. I think Irv Smith potentially isn't tapped into yet. All right. Uh, Albert O or Zach Ertz in Dynasty? Give me Ertz because I think over the next two – when I look at Dynasty, I look at two to three years. Can I win? So I'd rather take Ertz in that position. Wow. This is this is actually a tough one. Um like it. Yeah, this is, this is a good one. I, I thought he was going to ask uh, Albert O or Travis Kelsey. I was like, ah, oh, that's. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, I'll pitch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll go Albert O because I wouldn't be shocked if Zach Ertz calls a career after next year. Okay, la la last one, last one. Real question: Albert O or Noah Fant? <laughs> I'm give me give me Noah Fant and the talent. They're not going to stick with Drew Locke for the next for the next few years. They're going to find somebody else. Yeah, like if Malik Willis or somebody steps in there and it electrifies that offense and he's their safety blank, I'll, I'll go Noah fan. I Obviously, like Abe said, it's not going to be Drew Locke. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> Apparently, I get invited to shows. Yeah, okay. we, I, I was about to say we got trolls in the comments section just screaming out like acronyms, <laughs> CEH, whatever that stands what for. I know, just this guy's always knocking on the door in the comment section, but uh, we'll, we'll keep things rolling over here. But that's interesting because, again, one day of pieces being moved, and now people are starting to ask, where does this guy rank in Dynasty, and where is he going to go in startups? So uh, I like the different perspectives from you guys uh, with with uh, Albert O for that one. You guys pronounced that uh, last name a little bit different, so we'll keep it to that. So big question if, to cap off this trade. We obviously know Russell Wilson is uh, was brought to – Denver to to win, right? We saw the same thing happen years ago with, with Peyton Manning, and I'm not going to compare those two guys at all, but it's the same sort of thing. You bring in a guy to come and win, that's the same thing with Wilson. On the flip side, we saw the news break about another quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, being back in Green Bay. As a Chicago fan, I mean, whatever. Like, I didn't, didn't want that to happen, but it is what it is. He's back in Green Bay. So my question to you guys is, and I stole this from, like, Sports Center. I was at the gym this morning. But who has more pressure to win a Super Bowl in 2022? Is it Aaron Rodgers returning to the Packers, or is it Russell Wilson, who is now a Denver Bronco? And, Abe, we'll start with you on this one. Who is under more pressure? It, it's, an e it's an easy answer, and it's obviously Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the, the guy goes back to, we don't know the money yet. I know there's reports that what it is and reports of what it isn't, but he's obviously going back there with the purpose to win the Super Bowl. I know Stafford won it this year in his first year with LA. I know Brady won it the year before in his first year in Tampa Bay, but if Russ doesn't win in his first year, it's very easy to articulate to the masses. Hey, it, it takes some time. Like this is, this isn't the, this isn't the rule Brady and Stafford. That's not the rule. That's, that's the exception as to what happened. So don't expect me to come in here and be the exception. Expect me to come in here and be the rule. And if we win, 
awesome. It's just the cherry on top. But it, sometimes it takes a little time to build that chemistry and to get used to the Denver air and, and all that crap that he might put out there. But it's absolutely 100% all the pressures on Aaron Rodgers to win right now. All right. So Abe is on the Aaron Rodgers must win now train. David, do you agree or do you feel that it's Russell Wilson? Uh, well, before I say I agree, or just did you see Big Cat's tweet after Aaron Rodgers signed? Do you guys follow Big Cat? No, 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 I didn't. Did not see it. Oh my! So he was like, uh, he, he's a, he's a Bears fan, so yeah, he tweeted out. He was like, <laughs> he was like, I can't believe that asshole Aaron Rodgers would announce this on <laughs> National Women's Day and take <laughs> away from everything else. He's like, what a what a he's like, what a dickhead. There's all like funny. it was it was That's hilarious. Funny. That is um, funny. But uh. It's all it's Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Uh, he's if you look at it, Aaron Rodgers is in a NFC that has what the Rams and Cowboys as the only realistic contenders at this point. Like, can you name another team that you're like they're for sure in a contender? I mean, you look at the Niners; they'll have Trey Lance starting next year. We have no idea what that's going to mean. And you have the Rams running it back potentially, and you have the Cowboys who have a good offense but are going to lose Amari Cooper. So like. Then you look at the AFC, and now you have you're adding Russell Wilson to a stacked AFC. I don't need to list all the quarterbacks. You guys already know the teams and quarterbacks in the AFC. You also obviously have no Tom Brady in the NFC anymore, so that's a huge domino that's there to, that's not there anymore that he has to go through. And you look at the division, Aaron Rodgers and, and Nick. I apologize. The Bears are not contending it right at this moment. You got the Lions and you got the Vikings, and then. I mean, guys, come on. It's it's Rodgers. He's making the most money in the league of any other player, too. Like, Abe, you hit it on the head. I think it's it's got to be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, back-to-back -back MVPs. You know, uh, he's got the one ring. Packers have been, like, super close and looking like one of the favorites the last few years. And then they choke in the playoffs. So um, he, he does have that pressure, all the all the drama that comes with Aaron Rodgers, a lot of focus on, on him. Um, will they do it? I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they actually make a move in this draft to uh, to go and pair Devontae Adams with a non-MVS and Alan Lazard. Uh, receiving I heard Sam Howell high on their list in the first round. I was about to say it's got to be it's got to be a quarterback and, and a running back to add a third piece to that committee that they have over there. It would, it would it would only make sense. Um, but yeah, we can uh, wrap things up there. Uh, I do want I do want to finish by saying uh, a list of names. I missed it on my point here, but Michael Thomas, Tyree Kill, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Ju Jerry Judy. It's, he's going to be the next third year breakout. I'm 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 not I'm not going to say I'm calling it, but that's that's what he's got in common with these guys. But oh, bro, call uh, your shot, call it. Call no, it, I'm just, I'm saying call it's the break. I'm it's saying it's breakout season for Jerry Judy. I am. I am. I'll, I'll I mean, clip this later. I'll clip this later. I'm I'm with you on Jerry Judy because I was pumping him up last year, yeah. and I'm not. I wasn't on it off it yet either. My question to you is: Are you going to be willing to spend the third round pick in a redraft league to get him? Because I think that's where he's going to go. Third round in a. Oh, I don't think in a redraft that. league. I think he's going to go. By the time we draft, he's gonna. It's going to be like Russell Wilson. Uh, having chemistry with Jerry Judy, he's gonna his ADP is gonna go up to the third round. I will I will bank on it that it's by the time like the end towards the middle to end of draft season, it's gonna go to that point. See, so for Dynasty right now, you're not trading for him because whoever has him is not 100%. gonna trade him for for cheap. Mm -hmm. In redraft in the third round, I would not be even looking at Jerry Judy because 
I mean, if let's say my draft strategy was like elite running back, elite tight end, which a lot of times for me personally, it, it is for re, for redraft. Uh, and then my first wide receiver then would be Jerry Judy, and I wouldn't be comfortable doing that. Like if he if he is a top 20 guy, let's say, let's say he's a top 20 guy this year, which again might be spicy for some, but if he is, you're not taking him as your wide receiver one because then you you misdrafted, even if he's wide receiver 19, right? Jerry um, Judy or Keenan Allen ne- just next year alone? Just next year alone, I would say Keenan Allen personally. I would too. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I was asking the, yeah. the Judy lover. Yeah, yeah, that's a, I think, that's a good one though. I do think like when it's all said and done, this is going to be you know how like every year the drafts are always different, and it used to be a bunch of running backs with like one or two wide receivers. This year it's going to be so many wide receivers. You know you're going to see the, like the Jamar Chases, the Justin Jeffersons, Devonte Adams, uh, all those type of guys. They're going to be you know potentially you might have Tyreek Hill go in the top 12 picks you know depending like there's going to be a lot more wide receivers taken or Cooper Cup obviously like there's going to be so many wide receivers pushed up Debo Samuel like a second round pick that that's why I think someone like Jerry Judy is going to fall into the third round if you didn't like if you went running back running back there could be a chance that like he's going to be the wide receiver you have to target if you are trying to get a wide receiver a top 20 wide receiver by the time you get to the third round so it's going to be very interesting to see how that does play out and where his ADP does settle. I'm very much in on Jerry Judy as well. I do think he's going to be the number one in that offense, and he's going to be – I don't know if he's going to be necessarily worth a third-round pick, but I'm definitely going to try to – I mean, I'm sure everybody's going to want to get some shares of him. Let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you this. So let's say with your between your first two picks, you take one running back and one receiver, right? Let's say you even have the one on one. You take Jonathan Taylor, and at the two twelve, you get a uh, let's let's say a Tyree Kill, right? Let's say he falls for for whatever reason, right? He hits somebody else again, and no one knows what's going on. He he falls to the two twelve, right? Let's let's just say those two guys. With your three oh one. Would you rather take a Jerry Judy where he's now going to be your wide receiver two or like a Josh Jacobs to slot into your running back two? Me, me personally, me personally, I'd probably take the running back because of how thin it is. And a lot of people will say, well, look what happened this year. You know, if you went zero running back, I'm, I'm not going to go on a rant, but some people will say if you went zero running back, you could have got. Patterson and, and this guy and this guy and that guy. But at the, at the same time, I draft heavy for running backs. I could have gotten those guys later too. Like, I, I don't know why people don't, I don't know why people assume that if you do draft heavy running back, that you can't go later in the draft and grab Leonard Fournette because that's something I for sure would do. Uh, I would probably take the, the running back because of how thin the position is. And I'd probably start like taking shots on a bunch of guys with some upside after that for the wide receiver position. But M- Mendy, what's your what's your thoughts? I mean, it always comes down to like roster construction at that point. But yeah, I I personally I'm not a huge Josh Jacobs guy, so that would sway my decision towards Judy. But if it was a running back in that range that I did like, I would definitely go for the scarcity of a running back at that point for sure. Yeah. But it would have to be the right player. Yeah. And you'd have to see who else is available. Again, like we say you know, people all the time, like, you know, get your tiers together because if Jacobs mm-hmm. is in the same tier as four other running backs uh, of yours and your rankings that are still available, then then you can chill, you know. But if he's like one of the – everybody's drafting heavy running backs, you kind of got to play the play the room. But uh, In that scenario, and I'm thinking about this out loud as we go, like 
you have another what 24 picks till you get back to your pick again in the fourth yeah you know, if it's the snake draft so you're talking about are you comfortable with judy as your as your receiver too meaning your running back too is going to be a maybe a james connor type that we don't know we i mean i highly doubt he has the same kind of year he had last year or are you more comfortable with a job not necessarily josh jacobs but someone in that tier and Montgomery then or something I, I don't know. right right and then not a bears fan definitely and then in the fourth <laughs> round or so uh you know as a receiver you get a uh, maybe even a Keenan Allen type in that in that fourth round. You know that that I think when you and that's why you got to do all these mock drafts. Like really, when when you once you like know where you're going to be slotted in, like you got to be doing these mock drafts to see if I do this and this, what what do I have to do later yeah. on? Where yeah. where if I don't if I don't take a running back, like where what are my options going to be for my running back two in round seven? Like how screwed am I going to be? Yeah. If you're not comfortable with that, you you change things up. Yeah, yeah, and just be prepared before that even you know situation hits you because one you'll have an idea of guys you would take in that range, and then for two, uh, Abe's home league draft and my home league draft are probably probably two completely different things at the end of the day. So you kind of just gotta play how things fall uh, to you in that. But uh, it's good to be prepared. But uh, talking about Jerry Judy and what happened uh, with the Broncos, timing is key in dynasty, right? If you want a Jerry Judy, you probably had to make that, you know, trade move before uh, Russell Wilson was the quarterback because prices change. So even similar uh, to free agency, timing is key. So what I want to talk about as we transition into this piece of the uh, the podcast here are targets of ours that we want to trade for potentially before free agency hits on uh, March 16th. Because, again, I, I made a board session the other day. I said, hey, if you want a wide receiver and you are targeting one of these uh, free agent wide receivers, the Jujus of the world, the Sharks, uh, even down the list, Russell Gage, wh whoever, you should do it before they find a new team. Because as soon as they find a new team, everybody's sleeper app is going to go off and then their prices change, right? So we want to make moves before that happens. So, uh Pre-free agency dynasty trade targets. Guys, you are targeting right now before free agency hits. And we'll start with uh, with David on the bottom there. Who Who is somebody that comes to mind that you want to target now for dynasty leagues? To me, I think an easy answer is Allen Robinson. And I know, obviously, everybody's got a sour taste in their mouth after last season. I know I do because he, he crushed my Scott Fishbowl team. Uh, oh. High hopes for him. Uh, but you got to remember, so you look at his track record, 2015 wide receiver, six, 2016, the wide receiver, 24, 2019 wide receiver, eight and 2020, the wide receiver nine. He's been a wide receiver, two or better in four of the five healthy seasons he's played and a top 10 wide receiver, two of the last three seasons. Last year, if you remember, he had hamstring injuries and COVID where he basically, he missed five games and his report, he actually lost 10 pounds because of the COVID stuff. So I don't think he was right all of last year. And you also got to remember that he was basically playing kind of on a franchise or he was playing on a franchise tag and he's part of a coaching staff that I don't think he was too fond of. So the, the rush of him trying to go out there and play, I don't think it was there for him. And I think he's ready to bounce back. You obviously also look, if you say he's old, he's only 28 years old. He's actually younger than Devonte Adams and Tyler Lockett. And he's the same age as Stefan Diggs and Cooper Cup. So I, I think the he's old argument isn't necessarily fly here. And then, I mean, 
can you imagine him with a good quarterback? I mean, he's played with Chad Henney, Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, Chase Daniels, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton. And we're hoping Justin Fields can make a huge leap this year, this coming year. But obviously, as a rookie, not quite where you want him to be yet. So, like, at that point, imagine Allen Robinson in Kansas City as the wide receiver, too, in Kansas City. We saw what Sammy Watkins did there. Like, it, like it, he's a could be a very productive player for them. And so, again, I think, Matt, if he, you get a, a notification on your sleeper app, Allen Robinson signs a two-year, $20 million contract with the Kansas City Chiefs, his value is going to skyrocket. So Absolutely. that's why I would say, go get him right now while everybody's still sour on him, doesn't know where he's going to go. And I think that you'll be a good, good, basically, way to buy him as low as you can. Yeah, with, uh, with A-Rob, I think he failed if I'm not mistaken, to hit like 11 fantasy points on the year. So a lot of yeah. people were Total. very, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. A lot of people were very frustrated with his output, obviously. Uh, at times, it looked like he was kind of checked out. Other times, you know, the quarterback play was not super competent. But he does have that, like you said, track history of being very fantasy relevant and being a good wide receiver despite iffy situations. So uh, there's a lot of teams right now that, can use Allen Robinson. You know, everybody is looking at the the NFL draft, right? And and starting, you know, to throw out the the Drake Londons and the Traylon Burks and the, you know, you go down the list, all these wide receivers when you got a guy who, who a lot of people are going to be interested in uh bringing him in. Uh Abe, thoughts on A Rob and then same question to you about a guy in dynasty you are targeting before free agency hits. Yeah. So the only reason Allen Robinson isn't my selection here is because Mendy chose it before me. Like I, I absolutely <laughs> love all that answer. Like, yeah, I was, that's I was like, that's fair. In, like, Oh God, it's already there. So yeah, I love Allen Robinson, uh, his potential for wherever he goes, wherever he goes, it's going to be an upgrade. It just seemed like he didn't want to be in Chicago last year. They in the middle of the season decided, you know what? You don't want to be here. We don't want you here either. We're just, we're going to make you suit up and get your ass kicked. And we're just going to, not throw you the ball at all ever that that's kind of what it what it seemed like uh, my guy though is also young 25 years old and he also has never had a quarterback because similarly he played for jacksonville like alan robinson and that's dj chart i mean we all love this dude two years ago and then there's been absolutely no quarterback play whatsoever he's coming off an injury that i don't think is going to be one of those very severe long-term lasting kind of things i think he's pretty much healed wherever he goes if he slots in as, as a receiver too anywhere with that speed, I mean, that, that dude's going to be so, so dangerous. And I'm buying him on the absolute dirt cheap right now because everyone's so scared of the injury. And they look at his numbers from the last couple of years and they go, oh, well, you know, it wasn't really great. Well, you know what? He didn't exactly have the best teams around him. I mean, he was just playing for a team that has back-to-back -back number one overall picks. Jacksonville sucks. They're just they're just absolute trash. So there's nothing good coming from there, except DJ Chark. I, All the I, Jacksonville Sands are now just tuning out from the show. That's that's fine. You can come after me. I don't. Our, care. our listeners just went from two to one. So thanks a lot, Abe. Unbelievable. That's what, that's, that's what I do. I, I I bring numbers to uh to where they should be. Number one. We, number one. You meant number one overall, correct? From number two overall to number oh, one overall. Congratulations. Yeah, no, Congratulations. No. No, well, no, well done. Very, very proud, very proud uh, of my of my contributions here. But I mean, Mendy, it's exactly what, like what you said with Robinson. If Chart goes to Kansas City, what if he ends up in Baltimore? 
and gives Lamar Jackson a legitimate receiver that knows how to get open, minus Hollywood Brown that just runs past everybody. I mean, you're talking about a guy that that potentially is putting up back end wide receiver one numbers. Yeah, with with Char too, it's interesting to see uh, the the swift change in his dynasty value because at one point when he was, I'm looking back to 2019, he was scoring points in the 30s at times. I mean, the guy was going off pretty consistently uh, the first five weeks of the season, had a little bit of a dip, and then, again, was exploding for these big games. Uh, 2020, the same sort of thing. He'd have these these games where he would score 29, 27 points for fantasy. So when when people rostered that guy and he was doing that you know, for the price of a flex play because that's probably where they drafted him at, uh, his, his stock went up, but then after the injuries and, and not looking great, uh, when he was healthy, uh, the price has changed. I, I would, I would say that you could probably get chart for a late second, right? If, if, if sure. you were trying to buy or an early third, yeah, I, I would, I would assume that. Sure. Um, so, so two receivers, there are a lot of teams that need wide receivers badly. My, my question to you guys putting you on the spot here. And if you want to think about it for a second, that's fine. I'll just put like a timer on my phone or something. But uh, pick one spot. You don't. You don't have to go into this big analysis of of why this guy fits in the scheme of things and this and that. Pick one spot for a Rob and Chark that that you'd like to see. And whoever you know gets the ideas here first, you guys can can jump in. Well, I like I like that Chark in Baltimore. And, like and I do want to say before a before you go, I, I know Abe's got to bounce. Bounce out pretty soon, so you know if you, if he disappears from the screen, it was pre-planned. He doesn't not like me or anything. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, I like Chark and Baltimore, like I mentioned. Uh, I think that can give Lamar a legitimate number one. Allen Robinson to Detroit makes a lot of sense, where he's he has the opportunity to be the number one guy, get a lot of targets, and kind of give a giant fu to Chicago at the, all at the same time. A lot of incentives right there. Sa- same question to uh, to David. What, what would you like to see? I think the Raiders are going to bring somebody in. They need receivers bad. So I could see Chark going to the Raiders. I think Robinson is going to go to a contender. I keep saying Kansas City. So I think I'm just putting the picture. Definitely not a Chiefs fan. Definitely not a Chiefs <laughs> I think he's going to Kansas City. I think he's going to be like what Sammy Watkins did a few years ago. That That is interesting. And a lot of people were throwing in the Chargers into the mix and in they uh they're kind of out of the mix because they're bringing Mike Williams back and I know Buffalo is a, a big landing spot. Mm-hmm. People want a wide receiver to go, and you know the the Gabe Davis truthers of the world would say you know the opposite and say absolutely not. But I think that's a team that is going to want to bring in a win now wide receiver because they they did it last year with Emmanuel Sanders. I mean they they tried the same thing. They brought brought in a vet who you know ended up being a little bit banged up but he was another interesting guy that got brought up so oh my guy uh I didn't even show you guys on the show sheet because I'm just super secretive ever since I saw the Batman movie uh but um it's a different <laughs> position I went with I went with uh, Leonard Fournette and I I said the same thing in the past oh I'm gonna make sure we change our, uh, <laughs> our screen here all right I, I said the same thing in the past I think it was on the true North podcast. Um, that Leonard Fournette was going to be uh, a juicy grab before he lands on a new team. And then I was iffy. This was, I think, two years ago or, or right before last season. Uh, and I think Leonard Fournette being a guy we've seen 
a good resume for fantasy, a guy that can handle passing work and a guy that really is a dual threat running back, whether people want to admit it or not. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, the chiefs chiefs, Mendy, I mean, they got CEH, maybe the chiefs, but the giants, there's a chance they move on from Barkley. Maybe it's just rumors, the dolphins, the Falcons, the Texans, uh, back with the bucks for fantasy five, 20 point weeks, out of the games that he played, which was 35.7% of his games, he had 20 fantasy points. Uh, only five players had more. Over uh, over a point for fantasy points per touch, which I thought is an interesting thing to look at because he, he does well with what he gets. Uh, only seven of the top 20 players for fantasy had over a fantasy point per touch. Uh, him and Swift led the league in average targets, which was six. You would think it'd be like... Najee Harris and like Camara, but it wasn't. It was Swift and uh, uh, Fournette. Um, only him and Eckler had seven plus target weeks. Uh, dual threat back again. I don't think his price today is like astronomical because a lot of people will say, "Well, he's not 21 years old," and and other people will say, "Well, he he just came, you know came off of being banged up once again." But the minute the sleeper, like I said before, the sleeper app goes off and it says Leonard Fournette is now a Dolphin. Everybody's eyes are going to light up, so I think now is a good time to go after a guy for again a position that's that's not super deep. But uh, what, what's your thoughts on on Lenny Fournette? Uh, interested? Not interested? Um, if there's some pushback, give it to me, man. No, I, I don't have any pushback on that. Actually, I think like I don't remember if he finished number one in receptions among running backs, but I know he was on pace too before he got hurt at the end of the season. Like he was going to be the the RB one in terms of receptions, and I do think. I heard, I forgot where I heard this, but they said they think uh, he's going to go somewhere where he gets paid the most. He's not looking to win a championship anymore. He won a championship. He, he wants to yeah. get paid. So, you know, a team that's going to throw money at him is going to use him. This is not like, hey, man, just you can hop on the, the team here and we'll, we'll use you when we can. Like he's going to get paid and he's going to get work. And at that point, I'm interested. And if he's getting any type of discount, like let's say he goes to I think I saw one team throughout the Eagles or one person throughout the Eagles. And like that, they're you know, Miles Sanders is kind of just kind of be kicked to the curb. Like, if he's going to be there with Jalen Hurts and and be able to get the benefit of the RPO, like, yeah, I'm interested. Or you know, he goes to Kansas City and he becomes the the trusted back in Kansas City. Like, of course, uh, I don't think there's much downside to him potentially. Also, I mean, I don't know where he's expected to be drafted at. Obviously, that's like you said, it's going to change where he he, he goes. But uh, I definitely think there's a lot of potential for that for sure. And the, the, the one part of, of Leonard Fournette and free agency that I'm most excited for is what happens, you know, following the signing, because like you said, it, it probably doesn't matter for, for, for one, if he's going to a team that's going to win a championship. And for two, he, if he's following the money, he probably doesn't care who's in that system. It can be mm -hmm. the Colts throwing money at him and he'll be like, fuck it. I'm, I'm in, I'm in. So for fantasy, I have a feeling that there's a chance that he goes somewhere that is going to explode Twitter because it's going to cut into some running backs time in the league right now. So that's something I'm, I'm highly interested in, even though there's a handful of running backs. Uh, I'm sorry, a handful of teams in the league that that definitely need a running back. But uh, Leonard Fournette, again, not a guy that's going to cost you the same sort of prices like even I mean, if you priced out David Montgomery in, in, in Leonard Fournette, I, I, I bet in your dynasty league, one guy costs more. And that's not me talking about being a bears fan, but age comes into play. Right. And, and the, the unknown comes in, 
into play. Um, I, I know you've been looking at this class a lot too. Do you think that, uh, and I'm just putting you on the spot again here too, we're talking about Leonard Fournette. Do you think that the, the landing spots of like the Brees Halls and the Isaiah Spillers and, and you go down the list, uh, Kenneth Walker, you think those have a better potential than a guy like Leonard Fournette in free agency, or is it too unpredictable to say right now? I think it's going to depend on everybody says it's going to depend on the draft capital where these guys go, right? Like if they, if these Brees Halls and Isaiah Spillers, if they go to a team from day one where they're going to be the starter and they're going to get a lot of work, then I might be more tempted to go the those guys. But if, you know, they go to a team, I'm trying to think of a recent example, uh, like Javante Williams, for example. Yeah. Like if he goes to a team like that, you know, where they're getting drafted, where they're going to be a 1A, 1B situation, then give me Leonard Fournette all day. I, I, yeah. I'm thinking, is there a possibility he goes to the Dolphins, Leonard Fournette? Yeah. Like, I mean, where where would you draft him? Or where do you think he would be, like, in what range, if he were to go to the Dolphins, where you know he would be the guy? If I was to look at the list, so we're we talking redraft here? Uh. Let's, yeah, I guess like redraft because I mean yeah. in Dynasty I know he's not valued too high right now. Yeah, yeah. So redraft, I top top twelve would I mean would you? I think it'd be hard to argue against him being top twelve because of seeing him be what what was he this year? I mean at, at times he was performing as a top three running back mm-hmm. for multiple weeks in a row, um, and with the Dolphins. You know, I would assume that he'd be getting both pieces of work. Uh, even if Gaskin's still there and can catch passes, you would still think that Fournette has the capability of being like a top seven targeted running back. Still, yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Uh, I think I think Dolphins are a good spot. I think like if he went to Falcons, people might get nervous about you know what happened to Mike Davis. Even though I think he's like a lot better than Mike Davis. Um, the Texans is another place. I mean, not a good team, right? But look at like Rex Burkhead getting a bunch of mm-hmm. work and being fantasy relevant, you know? Uh, so it, it, it definitely is interesting with, uh, with Fournette. Uh, but again, as I said before, free agency, if you are interested in guys that are set to hit the market, I would make those moves before they, they, uh, land on a new team. And if you have these guys and you're looking to sell them, just wait, just wait, because the minute you're, one share of whoever, Juju, let's say you're not really into Juju, but you roster him. The minute he goes uh, to Mendy's Chiefs, uh, the price is going to be outstanding, I'm sure. But uh, we'll, we'll cut things off right there, man. Um, do appreciate you last minute coming on the show. Uh, again, a lot of NFL news this week, so it's good to get uh, different perspectives on things and then also look at some some targets here. But uh, remind everybody where we can find you on social media and then anything you have coming up or triple play or both that you want to plug to uh, to end the show here. Well, first, man, always thanks for having me on the show. It's always fun. Got to have you back on ours because it's been a little bit. So Down, down, uh, always. But uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at dmendio 2 uh, all my written works, 3013 fan tracks and fantasy points. All my video content right now is triple play. I'll probably be doing some video work for the 33rd team soon. And uh, you can just check out our YouTube channel. That's what we've been pushing the most right now. Uh, right. Closing on 2K subs on YouTube, trying to hopefully awesome. get that in the next like month or so. And I think we had a Lamar Jackson video go out today. Tomorrow uh, we'll have Tom Bali joining me so we'll be able that uh me and him uh, he's a six-time pro bowler for the chiefs for those that remember him that'll be out tomorrow too and just check out our stuff we work really hard we have a good team 
and uh, have a lot of different content. Absolutely. And if I vouch for one team and I have to vouch for only one team, uh, it's, it's the white Sox. but then it's, it's triple play, it's triple play. No, but, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely appreciate you coming on Uh great, great team, great members of, of your team. You guys did a great job, uh, recruiting through the process, but, uh, a lot of good contributors, uh, there under, uh, that umbrella. But, uh, as far as P2W Fantasy Podcast go, goes back at it next week with a, a guess or guess to be determined. Probably a little bit less uh, last-minute call, but uh, probably not as good as a uh, random reach for a guy like Mendy here. But um, we'll also uh, be dropping a article sometime tomorrow. It's a collaborative piece. You can check that out on Twitter. Um, should be a deep league trade target article for dynasty. Uh, but yeah, thanks guys for tuning in, whether it was uh, live here on Twitter or Facebook or in your car and uh, enjoy the rest of the week.